Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for hanging out with us today. We are thrilled that you're here with TLC Presents Toddversations. I have an amazing guest. I'm very excited about this. Um, she is a two-time Solheim Cup member. She represented Germany in the Olympics. She is an artist. She's a thinker. She is a doer of good deeds. She is LPGA professional. Please welcome Sandra Gall. Sandra, good morning and welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me, Todd. It's absolutely my pleasure. I'm really, really thrilled to hear. You know, you you are a part of a of, of series of conversations I'm having um, and really focusing on what I think is an undervalued marketplace, which is the LPGA when it comes to your guys, what, what you all do, building brands and helping people. Uh, I think you're very underrepresented in the brand building business. And I think it's a tragedy because you guys are professional athletes. You're living the life. You work out fiends. You, you know, you're inspiring women around the globe. You are helping. You're, you're all charity-based. And I just love it. So I'm trying in my own special quirky way to kind of throw you guys out in the ethos of my world and the food world and say, hey, these girls are here. You should all be paying attention to them because they're good for your brands. So oh, welcome and thank you for hanging with me. Oh, thanks for the enthusiasm. I love it. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. I, I think it's really, really important that we keep uplifting people. And I think the more we can uplift women, especially in sports, you know, uh, I'm all about it. But, you know, uh, I was very fortunate. My daughter played sports, played uh, for a year in college. My son played uh, uh, football in college. And I know what the, the, what sports can do for people um, and, and how important it is. And I, when I look at you guys from a professional level, what you give back, I don't know why, you know, brands are all over you guys. I just don't understand how you're not blowing up the internet with everything that's out there. So my personal quest is to try to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I asked you to come on with us today because not only talk a little bit about golf, but really because, you know, for lack of a better word, you're a foodie. You're somebody that's really um, inspirational. You're somebody that's a deep thinker. You're somebody that is inspired by life. Um, you've had um, some really cool experiences. Uh, like I said, you're an artist, you're a thinker, and again, doer of good deeds. So I really wanted to touch on that a little bit and talk about your personal journey from a health perspective and what you believe in and, you know, from a spirituality perspective and just kind of where your head's at, because I think it's really important that we look at, sometimes we look at athletes at the physicality and what they can do and how far they can hit the ball or what kind of mountain they can climb. But there's so much more that goes to that forward-facing appearance that people don't recognize. And that's really what I wanted to touch on today. So Without further ado, and uh, I'm going to throw some questions at you like I normally do. And uh, if you don't want to answer them, you can tell me to shut the hell up. I don't care. I'm fine <laughs> with it. So you, when you started, um, and, and it's surprising me. So some athletes start very early, you know, two, three, four, five years old, and they just keep going. You were kind of a late bloomer when it came to playing the game of golf. When you really started taking it, I think seriously would be the better word. Um, you're about 14 years old. And I, I – I, when I think about that, it, to me, it's, it kind of makes me think like my hunch is, is that you probably were able to find and appreciate passion at that point for the game. Um, being at that kind of that teenage, that young teenage years, it, it kind of got a little more resonant with you. So how is finding passion in golf um, kind of added to your life's passion? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Um, yeah. I actually did a lot of different things when I was growing up. So I did ballet, violin, arts, theater, and golf was one of those things. And it happened that I was really good at golf very quickly. And I had talent and people noticed it, recognized it. And I don't think I was aware that it was a passion. I wasn't really, I wasn't saying, oh, this is my passion. I really loved being in this kind of team spirit atmosphere because we played a lot of yeah. team competitions at our golf clubs. And then later on, I was part of the national team. And I found that that spirit and the um, friend friendship that I built there, that was something that I really enjoyed. And um, then obviously I went on to college and was kind of, again, it was the team sport and, you know, it was really great. And so my life's passion um, I think it really goes hand in hand with golf because I found my life passion later on as I was already a pro. And for me, that's um, growth, like personal growth and right. um, more like in the sense of a spiritual growth, like who am I, you know, why am I here? What's my purpose and how can I kind of um, get rid some of the programming and some of the extra layers that we have that we don't need, you know, and come yeah. back to who we are. And I feel like golf 
has been such a tremendous teacher in this journey that, you know, those two things really go hand in hand. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, look, anybody that's played the game, you know, golf is physical and it's mental too. And the mental part, the mental part will kick your ass more than the physical part. I'm quite sure of that in my career (laughs) because, you know, you can go out and have a great day and be in this zone and the physical part really doesn't even come into play. It's really more your mental part. I'm assuming taking over. Yeah, I would think so. So we'll talk about your journey a little bit. Um, you know, and, and I know personal health is a big part of that and spiritual health is a big part of that. Can you share, you know, why this journey has become so important to you? Yeah. Um, I think that obviously, you know, in my early twenties, um, or in my twenties in general, I wasn't aware of, um, a lot of things that were related to my, um, spiritual health and just overall well-being because I was just so career-driven. Mm-hmm. So I neglected certain aspects of my life. And then at some point, I think, um, yeah, I think it all kind of, you know, snowballed and mm-hmm. uh, my body needed a break, which was kind of health-wise, also mentally. Mm-hmm. And I've been on this kind of um, journey the last couple of years of um I don't know. I call it a healing journey, but on the other, on the other side, it kind of, when you say healing, it kind of implies that something's wrong with you where I actually in the spiritual sense, don't believe there's anything wrong with us at all. It's just that, you know, we got to get rid of some things that are hurting us or that, you know, are not beneficial. So it's kind of coming back home to yourself and then making Mm -hmm. more aligned with you. And so, yeah, um, absolutely. uh, From a health perspective, I've looked at, you know, uh, especially um, my gut health, um, just from my and from my overall well-being perspective, it's kind of like how can I balance my life better? So it's 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 a better balance with friends, with family, with um, just play time. You know, not just not just work time, but just like okay, what is it that really lights me up off the golf course as well? Well, hundred, you know, passions, passions, um, very important in our lives and trying to manifest and try, or not manifest, but trying to, to understand where those passions lie, whether it be with art, whether it be with golf, whether it be with playing with your dog, whatever the case may be, um, you know, trying to harness that and get your arms around it is kind of a challenge sometimes. That's all right. I don't care. Security alert. Hey, it's okay. That's the best. That's the best part of these things. Someone there she doesn't like. Sorry, I'm gonna deal with it. We'll edit it. She's good now. Okay. If I would have now, if I would have had this, if I would have had you out of my headsets and my two German shepherds would have heard Emmy barking, we would have had it going on. It would have been Florida versus California over the barking event. Don't doesn't phase me at all. Good. <laughs> so how has um and kind of coming back to what you were saying about really trying to become more centered and really trying to understand yourself before, you know, I think understanding yourself and who you are is really important if you want to go outwardly to try to work with relationships and building friendships and stuff like that. So you can be your true self. How is food though, you know, and, and that taken, um, you know, how has food kind of taken control of your personal health and, and how has that played a role? I think, you, you know, in your career longevity and just that whole journey that you're on. Yeah. I mean, a huge, huge thing. Um, I think maybe six, seven years ago, I started kind of on this journey. Well, so first of all, in my family, we've always kind of been buying organic and local and, you know, all these things. I mean, right. local, not so much, um, but as much as possible. And so I've, I've been health conscious, but um, when my health started getting worse, obviously food was a big part to look at. And um, I actually was kind of always the last few years inclined towards um, veganism because I uh, just from an ethical perspective, I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to. And I've been kind of back and forth on it. And I found it really hard when I put a label on myself. So I'm now at a point where I don't have any label on my food and I don't consider myself having like a certain diet. I think I've, I've, I've tried so many routes and I've found out that right now what works for me, is kind of like a, a combination of knowing, knowing maybe 
what foods are really good for me, like from a, you know, I tested it. So I know which ones are good, which ones are not, but not being like, um, not being super strict about it. So I reintroduced the foods that might not be so good for me again, but like on a smaller scale. And then I try to eat mostly plant-based because that's just how I feel good about. But if I feel like I need some meat, I'll eat some meat, make it a really good, you know? And I... And I try to um, eat what feels good, like what feels good to my body. How, how does it feel after I eat it? Does it give me energy? How, you know, am I bloated? Am I not bloated? So I've tried protocols. I've tried diets and it all just does not work. You know, right. like it just needs to be really based on you. And obviously there's certain rules, you know, you try to have a bigger diversity of foods because that's what I learned is really good for a microbiome. Right. So, but you can't, you can't, I, I'm, I'm looking for the word here, um, like dogmatize it. I yeah. feel like there's so many people who like make a dogma out of food and out of diets and out of what you're supposed to have and not supposed to have. And I think um, what really overrides a lot of things is your mind. You know, how do you mm-hmm. think what you eat and do, does it cause you anxiety or does it, you know, do you think negatively about what you eat? You know, that recently I heard um, the longest, the woman that lived longest on earth, she was like one, 123 years old and she lived in Paris and they were right. looking at all her habits and she ate like a pound and a half of chocolate each week. And she was a chain smoker. But the one thing she didn't do was worry. You know, I was like, yeah. well, Oh, you know, she just didn't worry. So I'm not a proponent of smoking or sugar in general, but I'm just saying, I think we need to take out some of the dogma. This episode of Toddversations is brought to you by Dohai Marketing and Branding. Let us be your growth hive. Learn more at dohai.io. Well, I agree with you, you know, and, and it's almost like sometimes you get into these, these, these food programs, even workout programs, and it becomes this club. Like if you don't go all in, with whatever right. they're telling you, you're going to yeah. fail at this. And that's not how the human body works because we're all yeah. different, right? We all have our quirks and quirks. Uh, some people like spicy food. Some people don't like spicy food. That's not, that's just because we're human. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that diversity of what your body is telling you, I think people don't take the time to recognize. They just feel like if they go eat and I'll pick on it, don't give me any hate mail, but if you go eat keto, um, you know, you got to go all in at that, but you may not be feeling that great when you do it, right? You get that point of ketosis, like, oh, now I feel great. But in the whole time beforehand, what was going on? And so I think that there is that, that yin and yang balance that you have to have when it comes to your food um, to recognize where the strengths are. I have a friend of mine that says all the time, I don't drink coffee. I'd rather go eat an apple. I get as much energy, right? Yeah. And that's what works for him. So, yeah. yeah. But so I, yeah, I, I agree with you. So I don't think any, um, any strict rules like that. But on the other hand, like if someone you know, has like the standard American diet, you know, you're not going to go very far with that either, even if you do mind over matter, I, I no. think. So like what makes me feel vibrant is like vibrant foods, you know, a lot of colors, organic, um, they're fresh. Like it makes me happy when I looked at the plate, it makes me happy when I eat it and I feel good. Um, but I try to not be like, oh, I have to eat this and this and this X many times in a week. No. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's super, super important. But it also keeps you engaged with your food. I mean, if you're going to go eat a piece of cardboard every time and try to think that that's going to make you live to be 110, it just sucks, man. It's just like, oh, great. I got to go do this game. There's no energy behind that. To your point, you get some vibrancy going. You get a little energy behind your food choices. I think it's super important. Now, I know you've had some some health issues and I'm not going to get to, you know, you take it wherever you want to go and talk about it. But one of the things that when you talk about an athlete with health issues, whether it be, you know, a, a bad knee, a bad elbow, whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. I think one of the angles when it comes to athletic health and even personal health, I guess, that, that we don't talk about is the mental strain that mm-hmm. injuries can cause. So first, you know, before, uh, you know, I, I'd like to talk about that specifically, like how do you handle the mental side of an injury? And then I'm going to have a backup, a secondary question to go with that too, I think. Yeah. But I'll go with that one first. Yeah. Um, well, it's been really hard. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's been a really, really difficult journey. Um, I think that 
on the other flip side of it, I'm, I'm really grateful for it because somehow this time away from like the traditional competitive year of golf, you know, with mm -hmm. whatever tournaments, it's kind of like this huge part of my life is out at the moment, you know, I'm going to start playing again in January, but like it was out for so long that you kind of sit back and all the things that are behind that, but behind this, you know, um, activity come to the surface, you know, yeah. so am I without golf? Like, and then you notice, you notice you want to do things just to like feel worthy again, you know? And, and you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to prove anything. I need to do anything. Like I'm worthy as I am. And so, um, even those, you know, obviously those, those health issues, it's like, well, some of it is in your control and some of it you just need to kind of, it needs more time. It's not like you can force it. So right. it's a lot of entering to the unknown for me, a lot of letting go of a timeline of expectations. And at the same time, taking control of my mind, actually, in a way that I, I'm trying to really uh, catch my negative thinking and change it around. Mm -hmm. And I used to do that on the golf course really well, but I think out of the golf course, I think I got used to certain thought loops that are not very healthy for me. And I think they influence your overall well-being. So um, it's been a blessing in that way. It's been hard, but it's been a blessing because it kind of is an overhaul of my life. Do you feel like, do you feel like you're a different person when you're on the golf course mentally than you are when you're sitting, you know, hanging out with me this morning from the crib? I mean, because you, it's almost like, you know, you, 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 you go out and you put that uniform on, right. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, now I'm Sandra Gall, the professional golfer. I, you know, I'm this person now. Do you have, or are you the same person you think? I, uh, no, I think I am a different person. I'm, it is, it's like, you're playing a different role, you know, you're yeah. definitely tougher. You're, you know, mentally tougher. You're just, um, yeah, you're more in like a, Kind of like a masculine space in a way you know you're uh, more driven and um for sure if i'm off the golf course i'm a little more vulnerable i'm a little more you know maybe sensitive you know i'm just different um so yeah yeah i, I would i would think yeah it's like putting a, it's like it's like superman like you're now you're putting on a cape you know you're putting on the cape and boom now you're superman yeah i can imagine yes what so can you share a little bit um and, and you touched on a little bit, but a little bit about, you know, we talked a little bit about the mental side of the inju inju injuries. That's well, easy for me to say, but the physical side, obviously, because I think everybody can really relate to the physical side. So, you know, again, you've had some health issues. You've been off, you know, you pulled yourself back from playing a little bit, which, which to your point, which you said earlier, certainly puts a lot of pressure on you because you have sponsors now that are, you know, are looking to you to, to help them, to help drive brand awareness, all this other stuff. So that pressure comes back on you. How have you balanced the physical part of this? um versus the mental um i think since i started kind of more of a structure around my days where i work out regularly where i go run regularly where i um yeah uh really take care of my body i feel a lot better right and um what was the other part of your question like well really about the you know the difference between mental and physical injuries right yeah. um because to me like you know I, I just got done having some, some back problems and I was more mentally drained than physically drained because it just was wearing on me constantly. This feeling yeah. of, you know, I'm, I hurt, I can't sit, I can't stand, I can't, you know, all of it just sucks. Right. So I imagine right. for you in the same boat, you know, you've got this physical thing, it starts to wear mentally and the mentally starts to wear physically and vice versa. Yeah. So I guess to me, I was just trying to find that correlation. And, um, I think the stress from being out of balance and like, not being able to recover from my events that really affected my energy levels, my gut health, my um, just regulating my nervous system. So it's just so interrelated, the physical and the mental, it's for me really hard to draw a line. Um, but I think the stronger I get physically though, the better I feel mentally as well. You know, I could really relate to, you know, have you followed Adele's comeback? You know, she was saying right. she's stuck had a lot of anxiety and she started working out really hard and it really helped her. So as, as a byproduct, she lost a lot of weight. Right. So I, 
I don't think there's one fix for of everything. And I, it's been a journey. Like I did a lot of blood tests. I did a lot of, you know, trying to figure out what is it that's wrong with me. And it's like, you feel like you're searching for something and you don't really know what is it that I'm looking for. And, um, right. and slowly, slowly the puzzle comes together, but it's not like, Oh, well, if I take this supplement, you know, then I'm going to be healthy. It's like a lot of different pieces. And part of it is, yeah, being physically strong, being mentally strong, um, eating right, uh, you know, you know, being outside, you know, meeting up with friends, you know, having a dog, you know, being, having family around, like it's a lot of different things. Sure. Sure. So I'm going to touch on this a little bit and let you run with it, but you know, functional food and medicine is is a a thing that I really believe in. We've had people on the show. We're going to continue to have people on the show to elevate that. Um, How have you embraced kind of alternative food and medical support, you know, in in this journey that you're on? Fine. In your words, what that, what functional medicine or what? Well, you know, I, I think, when I think about functional medicine, I don't think about traditional Western medicine. I don't run to, you know, taking an aspirin right away type of thought process. Like, we know, again, what are you taking? I'll give you a better example. I did a lot of flying in 2020, as, as, as everybody in your industry has done, too, on airplanes, right? And this is pre-vaccine, et cetera. And I did 75,000 miles sitting in an airplane, 70 nights in a hotel. And I lived on quercetin, zinc, Maltese, you know, everything else. And knock on wood never got anything, never got sick, um, kept myself, you know, and I, I firmly believe that that regiment that I put myself on that I continue today is lifted my body up, um, to the point of being a stronger fighter against, you know, things that are going on in the world. So I believe that those things are really, really important. I also believe to your point earlier, you talked about food and, you know, what is the right vibrant food, you know, what am I eating and how that's balanced. So to me, I, I think that, that, in order to be our best selves, you can't be on the American diet that has a word drive through written into it, right? You've got to be on something more than that. And to me, I think that alternative medicine in a lot of ways, um, again, a multivitamin every day are really, really positive steps that I'm hoping more people will embrace. I wish we would talk about that more. I wish people would say, hey, take zinc. It's not going to hurt you. Take a multivitamin. It's not going to hurt you. I think that runs into the problem that, you know, we're not, you know, our, our government here in the States, it, it, they're not in the gym business. They don't own 24 hour fitnesses or we'd have this conversation. Right. And I wish we were, because I think it would make a, a huge difference because you're talking exactly about this exact very thing about how the physical part of your life, the food part of your life is making things better for you and is making you a better person all the way through. So that's where I was coming from. Just trying to get a little more detail, a little more depth about maybe what, you know, what you believe in and, you know, your protocols and some of the things that you have found that make a difference. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, Western medicine has its place, you know, there's certain things you you need uh, Western medicine for, but I think a huge part of it is so commercialized. It's really crazy. Sorry. Can you hear that? A little bit, but no big deal. (laughs) I think they're blowing leaves outside. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just absolutely do not like taking any kind of prescription prescription drugs, you know? Um, so of course I understand some people need something for their heart or, you know, absolutely. There's definitely situations where it's very, very reasonable. Um, but if we're talking, um, uh, immune system, if we're talking, you know, just increasing your energy levels, there's so much you can do with food. And I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking a lot of these kinds of supplements, you know, I've looked into what you mentioned and I'm, uh, you know, I knock on wood, like I haven't had uh, COVID either. And I was traveling a lot and, yeah. you know, I got the vaccine kind of late. So um, I, I feel like that's a huge, yeah, untapped resource that's um, very beneficial for especially these times we have now. And I wish people would talk more about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with this. I wish people would talk more. And again, I'm not, I'm not anti-vax. I mean, I've been back. I'm not anything about medicine. I mean, you know, we've got, I, I, I've got uh, two cancer survivors in my immediate family. And look, I'm all about Western medicine. That's why they're here today. Yeah, um, I, but, well, but there's a balance to that. I think people also, um, it's funny, I listened to a podcast as well. You know, if I start talking about um, alternative medicine and, you know, all these natural immune supportive things and like eating well for immune system, people automatically assume that you're anti-vax. And then on the 
on the other hand, too, if you're vaccinated, they don't think you would go into alternative things where I think, you know, there's definitely a middle way and you don't have to be on one camp or the other. I agree hundred percent, you know, so, um, yeah, not just a point. Right. And and look, you were the same boat as me. You were flying, you were traveling. There was no vaccines and, you know, I know, I know for a fact, and I said this on the broadcast that we did, you know, a a couple months ago, we had, I had two uh, folks on that. We were talking about this in depth. I know for a fact, that's the reason. I mean, I was in the room with people that tested positive two days later. I was, you know, in a closed room. Um, yeah. I was around, I was in hotels with, you know, and it's, it is what it is. And, but I do believe that that's a part of the process, which is, which I think is so important. I hope having you and talking about a little bit and your journey to this point of our conversation, it gets people to realize like, you know what? Yes, that's a good thing. Exercise is a good thing to your point. Feeling better is a really good thing. Yeah. So thank you for I'm, sharing that. Yeah. I think that maybe some things are just so normal for me um, uh, that maybe other people, people who are not so familiar with, um, you know, using food as medicine, you know, I mean, if I were to tell you daily what I eat and drink, you know, there's always some sort of ginger, there's always garlic, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, curcuma, like there's a lot of foods every day that I just naturally implement. I don't even think about it. And I think they, they're very, um, you know, immune boosting and, um, they just naturally give me energy and make me feel better. And actually, since I started doing it, my whole skin got better, like everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just more radiant. So it's, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that journey with us a little bit. I appreciate it. I want to switch gears a little bit. Something that I find very impressive with, uh, with athletes and seeing this with my own two kids. Um, you know, I, I failed to mention earlier that you're a Florida Gator. You came and you played golf in Florida. Uh, but to me, what's more impressive than your record in Florida is the fact that you're an academic All-American. Um, and, and that's a big deal. Um, that's a big deal with, uh, to, to me because it's, I know the amount of work, you know, seeing with my own two kids, I know the amount of work that goes in to just playing the sport, let alone the school part of it. So how important is education, you know, was education to you and really to your parents when you were growing up? Uh, yeah, I come come I come from sort of like an academic family, you know, my grandfather being a professor and doctorate and whatever in mathematics and chemistry and both my parents have doctorate degrees, you know, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think university degrees and having good grades was always kind of normal. Um, so I think that was important, to be honest, like. I think I developed more into kind of a free spirit. So I still have a big appreciation for um, having good grades. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of things that do not get taught in schools that I struggled with the last two years. And it has nothing to do with the degree or with um, any kind of label or, you know, academic All-American or whatever, you know, like you can have all these accolades, but then still fail miserably at life. <laughs> yeah, you could be, you could still be the, you could be the smartest person on the planet and be dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> oh, I, I thank you. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm proud of it. But at the same time, I think there's some subjects that I feel like need to be taught in schools that are not taught. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. And then, yeah, that's, that is, that's its own episode. Yeah. <laughs> in today's world. Let me switch gears and talk a little bit about golf for a, a bit, because one of the areas that I, I, it, it fascinates me to some of the work that you guys do. And how has the business of golf changed? I mean, you've been on you've been on the tour now for, what, 12 years, something like that? 13? Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how has the business of golf changed, especially for the women? Because, you you know, this year you guys are playing for more money than ever. You yeah. Know, you're, you're getting on TV more. It's it's which is great. And I'm glad for it. I hope it continues. Um, because your game so much, your game is so much fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. So, how has the business changed? Do you think? Well, I think it's it's just gotten, um, yeah, like you said, bigger, more. Um, you know, it's more of a business. It's mm-hmm. more global. Um, I don't think at the core that much changed, but um, I think we're more recognized. You know in the country and, and globally, you know, play everywhere in the world. And yeah. um, so I think that's a good thing. I think we're still trying to catch up with the men. And as we're, uh, as we're expanding our purses, so are they, so it's really hard to catch up, but at least, you know, um, if you compare 
the process. I think it's growing and, and, and that's great, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, playing professional sports, especially the golf male or female, that's a tough business. It's a tough way to make a living, you know, because if you, if you don't play for four days, you're not making a living. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a really, really tough world. And and I, and I set this up because I want to talk about, you know, you've got some great sponsors that have been around for a while. I mean, Callaway, Trader Joe's, some others that you that you have. How important are those guys in those relationships to you um, to continue? Because again, I said in the beginning of this broadcast, you know how important, how much I feel that the LPGA players are really, in some ways, undervalued in the marketplace as brand representation goes. So, how are those, you know, relationships meaningful for, to you? Oh, they're so meaningful. I'm, I feel like I'm so lucky. Uh, I've always been very lucky with sponsors in my career, I feel like. And and especially the last two years where I played so much less and they still stood behind me and supported me. Um, I feel very blessed. And uh, yeah, it's, it's always each sponsor has a different relationship and you meet them in different ways and you're trying to make it a win-win and you're trying to give something of your value to them. Um, and, and the other way around. So you right. uh, like, uh, to me, it's, it's a big deal because I don't want to represent someone that I don't feel aligned with. A hundred percent. Like recently there's been, you know, a whiskey company that me if I wanted to sponsor them. And I just said, no, you know, I just can't, I don't really drink. And I, you know, maybe I could make some money with that, but it's just not my thing. Like I just would feel, I just wouldn't feel good about it. So there's just a lot of, you know, aligned and um, I'm, yeah, I'm big into that. Well, you know, you are a brand, right? Every, every player out on the tour is your own personal brand and you have to manage your own personal brand. You can see people that don't do a good job of managing their brand that may have trouble with this, trouble with that, whatever the case may be. That's not good. I mean, your livelihood is based upon who you are publicly and what you represent. And to your point, if you have a brand that doesn't align with you, you know, with your lifestyle, how you believe, whatever, it doesn't make any sense to endorse yeah. that. So I, I agree with you. Well, maybe someone else can be sponsored by them. It's a great fit, but for me, it just isn't. Yeah, so yeah. absolutely. Um, and you know, they, we always give each other, uh, I think we learn from our sponsors as well. And um, it's like a give and take. It's really nice. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I, and I think it's good for people to recognize too how, you know, again, if you're not playing four days, it's a tough gig, right? And, and having those sponsors behind you and their support and being able to give back. And it's a great way for you to give back, right? Whether you're working with Trader Joe's or whoever yeah. it might be, you know, you're giving back to them some way, somehow, whether they're corporate events, whatever it is. I just think it's great. You know, it's, it's just a great relationship. It is. And it, it's a lot about personal relationships, actually. Um, yeah. You know, believe it or not, it's not just like agent bringing you one and you sign a contract. I think it's a lot about personal relationship. Yeah, for sure. I want to check. Um, wanted to ask you, and I don't, you know, and I'm sure you get this question a thousand times, but, you know, not everybody gets the opportunity to talk to somebody who went to the Olympics and you went to, I'm assuming, to the opening ceremonies. Uh, you went through the whole motion and I didn't go opening. Oh, you didn't. I didn't. It was like a week or two before we played. That's right. You guys play second week. Right, right, right. right. How was the experience up? It had to be, yeah. it had to be really cool. It was, it was amazing. Um, it was like all the feels, uh, all the emotions and, uh, amazing, for example, for my home country, Germany, it's the first time really we were on national TV, which was great. Um, and, you know, just kind of meeting all the other athletes as well. It was kind of humbling, uh, to be honest, because there was some, you know, in the in the German house, there was, for example, this rowers who just won the gold medal. And, you know, they are telling me about their life at home and they're, you know, they have normal jobs or they go to yeah. university and they don't make any money with their, with their sport yet. They're the best in the world, you know? And so we were kind of there first time after whatever, a hundred years or something. And, uh, <laughs> and we just came from whatever the British open and the next tournament is the Canadian open. And in between we squeezed in the Olympics, you know, it was like, you know, even though it was like such a prestigious event, it's kind of squeezed into the super busy schedule. Oh yeah. So it was like, it was just so different and so beautiful because I've always watched the Olympics on TV and it was just, you know, so it's so special to watch it and to be there. Um, it was definitely an honor. 
Oh, I can only, I, 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 I can't honestly imagine. I can imagine how cool that would have to be. I mean, you know, I'm a big, obviously people watch it and, and you see it, the emotion, the energy, what it is. And it's such a different, you know, you're playing for something incredibly different than yeah. you would be on a Sunday afternoon. It yeah. just is. I, I mean, you're playing for your country, you're playing, you know, you're playing, it's just, it's gotta be just a whole different vibe. It's gotta be very inspiring. Mm-hmm. It is for sure. I would, I would think what a couple of areas that I think are really cool about what you do. And what I was intrigued with when, when we started kind of chatting back and forth a little bit is a, is your charity work for one, but the other one that you're, that I think is really neat is, is your appreciation, your love for the arts. So how have the arts enriched your life? And I know, I'm assuming it's always been a passion. You talked about being you know, young, playing the violin. So, I mean, that's probably started with some of that as well, but how, how, uh, how they enriched your life? Um, yeah, I, I, I've, you know, I've been like drawing and painting since I'm like three and then I've done, yeah, music, arts, theater, uh, actually just started an improv class last oh, week cool! and it is so much fun. I'm so excited about it. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm just a very creative person. I love colors and lines and, you know, just seeing beauty in nature and taking photographs and all that. I, um, I don't even, I don't even know if I can be without it. I think it's just a natural expression of yeah. who we are. If you just get in touch with it, and I think everyone has some sort of um, artsy vein in them, in a way. Yeah. You just get it in a, and um, it's it's a way to tap into your right brain, uh, a way to maybe release some things, a way to look at the beauty of the world. I think that's maybe the biggest thing for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think the times where I lost touch with it were probably harder times in my life, you know, and I I pick it back up. I feel just more whole. Absolutely. So let me ask you, I mean, I've, I've had the pleasure of playing in some, some pro-am events and I played, I played in a couple different LPGA ones. I played the Wegmans a few times. What's more intimidating first tee couple thousand people trying to be quiet while you're teeing off are standing up and doing improv for the very first time <laughs> well i'll let you know because we have this first um performance in like a few weeks so i'll let you know about that okay you're gonna have to email i want to know what it because i know it was like sitting on the first tee at the way was trying to hit my drive and thank god i just didn't even, i just like had yeah. an out-of-body experience and I piped one. It was like, okay, I don't need to do another good shot the rest of the day for my group. Um, but I can only imagine that Actually, it's got to be harder doing the improv. This episode of Toddversations is brought to you by Dohai Marketing and Branding. Let us be your growth hive. Learn more at dohai.io. So one of the reasons I signed up was because I actually really um, get quite anxious when I speak in front of people and I don't mind doing interviews or TV right. or playing golf. Of course you, you're nervous and stuff, but it's different when you have a room full of people and you're trying to speak in front of them. So I said, well, I have to tackle this. So good for you. <laughs> I love it. You know, giving back is something I believe in. Mentoring is something I love, something I talk about all the time. You know, and mentoring is a gift of time and talent. You know, I think it's something we can all get behind. And I want to talk specifically about your charity work because I think it needs to be uplifted. And I want to make sure people understand about the giving back that, that athletes do and how important it is. So can you share a little bit about your charity work and kind of a three-part question? I'll let you just run with it. You can just kind of roll. You know, why does it matter? Who's it matter to? But, you know, more importantly, I think what I'm interested in is, is what do you get out of it? <laughs> yeah. Good questions. Um, I was really inspired by my fellow players like Morgan Pressel and Brittany Lincecum, and they started charities way before I did. And I played in theirs and I thought, well, how beautiful is that we have a platform that we can give back and make a difference. And I really didn't know um, where to start, like who to support. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many projects in my mind, like where do I start? And I think the passion kind of evolved as I kept growing my charity event. So um, I have my own foundation by now, and um, I'm also working closely with Volunteers of America. And now I have the Sandra Gall Children's Center down in Miami. And it's basically uh, within this building where when people are homeless um, or they're in a crisis, like they make their first contact with Volunteers of America. And in that building, we have this Children's Center. So, you know, 
they support the families, like set up a job for them, set up housing for them. And then these kids just have a place to go after school. They get mentoring. They, um, you know, we have weekly mindfulness yoga classes. They we're actually now going to expand. So they have some art classes as well. And now I just also want them to be introduced to golf. So figure out a way for them to go to a golf course and get some classes and lessons, whatever. Um, and I think the whole point of it is just simply that, you know, I, I was obviously so privileged to be doing all these different things growing up and, sure. you know, imagining um, growing up in a poor neighborhood and not having the opportunity to explore like what your talents are and maybe even just rise out of your social situation and mm -hmm. and see opportunities in front of you and, you know, maybe get a scholarship or, you know, just have, have a way out of the life that that's kind of the norm there. So um, I think that's my passion and that's what I want to do with my foundation. So um, it's, it's, it's a work in progress and yeah. uh, you know, the vision is forming. And um, I think what's also beautiful is to support locally like to support children locally wherever you live because sure. like even the richest towns in the u.s they all have a really poor area mm -hmm. and there's lots of kids that need help so that's kind yeah. of the next 100 mm -hmm. i look we we have to uplift our communities right yeah if we're, if we're waiting for some magic wand to be waved and all of a sudden our you know it's not going to happen it's going to take People like you and others, you mentioned, you know, Brittany Linscombe, you mentioned Morgan Press, what they're doing, other, you know, and, and vast majority, I think, of the athletes, especially in the golf arena, are all doing something, some way to give back. And I think that it's so important that we work to uplift and to bring people alongside. You know, the only way we're going to make a better community, a better planet, is by helping each other. Right. It's and it, it's it's such common sense. And I think we've lost the word. I, I say this all the time. It's like common sense would be a really good lesson, like a class. Like, let's have a class in school called common sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it would make such a difference. Tell yeah. me a little bit about your walk with Sandra program that you have that you do, because I think this is so cool. This give back. And I think it's just super important. Can you share a little bit about it? Yeah, it's a really cute program where um, uh, girls from um, girls golf can walk inside the ropes with me on Thursdays and Fridays. And there's usually like two or three girls and they'll walk 18 holes with me inside the ropes and get to ask me questions either during the round or after the round. And um, they, you know, I, I kind of started just thinking, you know, what can I give? Like I, whenever I get caught up into too much expectations of me, I always kind of go back to the question of what can I give? And then that's kind of out of that question came this idea maybe six, seven years ago. And um, that was a, just a great way. And I never thought it would have such an impact. But then when I talk to these girls, I come back to an event a year later and they come running up to me and, yeah, you know, the parents, we, you know, my girl walked with you last year and, you know, it's changed her life or she yeah. wants to be a pro golfer or whatever it is, you know, and it's, it's been really beautiful. And, Usually um, we have them apply and they also do some arts and they, you know, paint, paint some, paint something, sure. draw. It's just so cute. They're really leaders in their, in their little groups of girls golf. I love that. I mean, again, and you're inspiring people and that's what it takes. We have to inspire young people. We got to keep doing it. We can't let them get off track because it just creates all these problems that we're fighting today in a lot of ways. <laughs> you also have a, a tournament that you put on and you, and you play out of the concession club and I shared with you, um, before that I've had a good fortune playing a lot of golf in the state of Florida in my business career. And I, by far, I, my opinion at this point, concessions, I think the best course in Florida, at least in my, you know, I, I love that place. That's a fun track. So tell a little bit about the, the, the charity challenge at concession. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so lucky that concession is my home course. It's so beautiful. And uh, yeah, I've had my event there the last, um, Oh, maybe five years. And uh, so every, every November, basically, um, I host an event and, and the money goes to my children's center or to different projects, you sure. know, involving children. Um, sorry, am I still there? There we yeah. go. Yeah. And uh, so it's been, it's been really rewarding and really beautiful to host that every year. And we're trying to grow it for next year. 
make it a little bit bigger, invite some more celebrities so people bid more for the auction items. And um, yeah, it's an 18-hole shotgun. And um, it's always a lot of fun because I have my fellow players and my fellow LPGA right. players, PGA or Champions Tour players as well. And uh, yeah, it's it's been, it's been um, really heartwarming to see the support. Absolutely. Well, I'm coming next year. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm inviting myself. That's awesome. You're in. <laughs> All right, done. I love it. I just want to go back and play the concession again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so let's um, go ahead. It's hard. It's really hard. And that's, it's but hard. I, you know, we talked about this. So, but I mean, you know, I look at golf courses when I, it's like, would you get bored playing them? If like, if that was the only place you could play every day, would you get bored? And I'm absolutely hundred percent convinced you would not get bored playing yeah. that golf course. Move back, move back to a different tee box. It's a whole different course. That course is really hard. Yeah. yeah. You get good playing there. You can get good playing anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a ton of fun. So tell me, you know, you're coming back. Uh, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're fighting through everything. You, you are in a place mentally, physically right now that you've got to be excited about. Um, what's 2022 look like for you? What are your goals and expectations? Mm-hmm. Uh, I completely shifted my goal um, completely. Um, I completely shifted it from result-based to, um, you know, I want to play with a lot of love and with a lot of joy. And that's what I'm going to base my success on. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's been um, a major change in the way I practice and the way I go around every day. And it's still, it's absolutely a work in progress and I fail every day, but at the same time, I don't see this failure. It's just kind of a reminder, go back on to what your, you know, what your definition of success is. And that's for me, living in a state of love and giving back and, um, you know, uh, not running behind things that are out of my control. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, well said, I mean, well said. And I think that it's important that we find that inspiration, you know, failure breeds success and success Mm -hmm. can breed failure. And I think that if you understand how failure breeds success, you have a better chance of having less success turn into failure. Uh, think about that one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really do. I I really think that I think that, you know, as we take those experiences, like you shared these, whether it be an injury, whether it be no matter what the case may be, but if you take from that and grow from it, right. It makes you a better person. It makes you appreciate, you know, it makes you appreciate the fact that, Hey, my leg hurt. I appreciate the fact my leg doesn't hurt. So what am I going to do to make that not hurt again? What are my next steps going to be? And I think that you're, you're exemplifying that and what you've gone through over the last, I mean, really you've been, it's been a two year run for you. And some, it's been about two years that you've been really trying to get yourself back and feeling good. And I love the fact that you're going in with a different set of goals about finding joy in your day every day and making sure that that is the focal point. Because I think that when you find things that make you happy, I think the world just kind of comes to you in a lot of ways. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you, you can have, you put, you know what, let's put that on a t-shirt. We'll market it. What, what's what, Tagline. We'll just put the expression. I know we'll just we'll come up with something, you know, like the I don't know, we're gonna come up with something. We're gonna have a t-shirt out of this. I can feel it. I like that. Cool. <laughs> I, so I'm gonna shift gears a little bit, have a little bit of fun with you before we wrap this up a little bit. Okay. We do something, we do something on all these phones just to let people get to know you a little bit more. Not that you haven't been completely transparent and open book and sharing from your heart, which is just killer and I appreciate it. But I'm gonna ask you a couple little fast action trivia questions. You ready for this? Yes. We'll put you on the spot. What was your favorite cartoon as a kid or what's your favorite cartoon that you watch today? It doesn't matter to me. As a kid, Tom and Jerry. Oh, nice. Little TJ. I like that. I like that. Tom and Jerry were great. What are you listening to right now? What's, what's, what, what's in your, uh, what's in your uh, headsets you're listening to today? Oh my gosh. Uh, I've been obsessed with this album by this Australian uh, soundscape artist. He's called Holloway. And it's like just these like expansive sounds. It's very meditative. And I just, I get into a really beautiful space and I love it. Okay. I'm checking it out. Yeah. Now, when you put, when you practice, do you have headsets in? No. Really? That's unusual. No. A lot of players. I mean, if I go practice, I have headsets in. No. I, I don't know why. I want to hear the sound of the ball coming off my club face. Like, I just want to be there. Yeah. Well, you could tell, you could tell you're a pro. I just look and see where it goes. That's what I'm into. Um, I'm, yeah. I can't worry about sound effects. No, I mean, I, I th- yeah, a lot of people do have music and maybe that's really good to get you in a certain mood. Um, 
I just, uh, yeah, I just want to be, I just want to hear the sound. Hello. Well, that's yeah. well, but that's being in tune, right? That's being in the, you're being in the zone, which is great. Yeah. That's why you're a pro. Maybe. Right? <laughs> All right. Li- li- living or dead. Who would you like to have dinner with? What? what? Living or li- dead? Living or dead. Who oh. would you like to have dinner oh. with? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. So I try Audrey Hepburn. Ooh, nice. Yes. I just love her. Um, you know what? I'll probably put Marilyn Monroe in there and uh, I put Beyonce in there too. Like make it a strong women's dinner. That would be a, that would be a serious foursome. That yeah. would be, yeah, that could be that, that, that would be a three hour dinner with no problem. Maybe four. I would love the conversations. Yeah. I love it. All right. Here's the one. Here's the one that gets me in trouble more than any question I ask people. Okay. Dog or a cat? Oh, dog. Yeah. There's only one. There's really only one right answer. Yes. And you got it right. Yeah, of course. You have been, you know, I I truly appreciate your, uh, I appreciate you as a person, uh, first and foremost, but I appreciate your openness and your transparency and your honesty and, and sharing a little bit about things that people don't ask. Again, all the golf questions are great, but that's, you know, that's not what this format's about. I want to get a little bit deeper about the things that make golf great for you. And I think you touched on that. Um, so I really appreciate you hanging out with us a little bit. I just have one final question. Um, I read something that, that, that you wrote and you talked about there's two kinds of power, um, power over your destiny and then power to help others. Um, to me, I think about that, like inwardly, I think, okay, power over your destiny is kind of like it's feeding your body um, in some ways. And then outwardly, when I think about it, um, you know, power to help others is kind of feeding your soul. Um, so my question to you, I guess my final question to you is, is that if you were just granted one of those, just, just granted a superpower. Uh, to share with the world, what would it be? A power? To yeah, superpower to share with the world. What would it be? A superpower that I could share with the world? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I would just love to be like completely radiant love and like heal everybody. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. That would certainly make for a better planet. It's a great love- answer. It's a great answer. Sandra, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being here today and uh, taking time out of your practice schedule and uh, and uh, hanging with me and just sharing you know, from your heart with what's going on and where you are. I'm excited for you coming back on tour. I'm excited to see your progress. I'm really excited that you're into this. I don't mean it's not a bad way to say it. You're into it for a different reason now mentally. And I'm going to be, I'm excited to watch that. I'm excited to see, because I think it'll radiate out on the course. I think you're going to be able to see it. Um, you know, you're gonna have a little more pep to your step, I think. And that's exciting. It's gonna be exciting to watch. So yeah. I wish you well next year. I yeah. don't know if we'll cross paths out there. Who knows? You might see me in Phoenix. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I, yeah, but I'm coming to the tournament. I'm just telling you. Great. 